I've been waiting for your call. A husky voice, nearly a purr, tingled its way through the sat phone and into Tate's ear. The corner of his eye twitched. Of all the strays he'd met and cared for, Betha Rhodes was by far the most sarcastic, difficult, and outrageous. He hastened to add deadly to the list. What he didn't like adding was the knowledge that somehow, the little mountain lion shifter, who he'd once almost mistaken for a doll left behind in the snow, had grown into a knife-wielding, death-dealing sex kitten. How many times have I told you not to use that tone with me, Betha? It creeps me out. Like having your baby sister stick her tongue in your ear. He watched Leah from his spot against a tree. They'd found a small clearing in the brambles, reasonably sheltered and not likely to be disturbed without a loud warning. Leah lay on her side atop her pallet, arms crossed, knees drawn up to her middle. She was twisted up in that giant scarf and still wore her scuffed-up tennis shoes, but her eyes were closed, and if he didn't know better, he'd think she was sleeping. Except her ear twitched, the one peeking through the longer hanks of her hair when he didn't make a loud enough sound for her to follow. The rich, sadistic laugh soothed his spinal cord. That was the betha he'd raised. Why do you think I keep doing it? Because she was evil. Do you have what I asked for? The silence on the other end of the line grounded him again in the grim reason he was on this mission in the first place. Yeah, I have them. I'm about twenty minutes from your current position. I'll signal when I'm close. Betha cut the call, leaving Tate to fold the phone closed and tuck it back in his pocket. Not much else to do but lie on his own pallet, spread across from his recalcitrant companion. No surprise, she didn't acknowledge him in the slightest. That was what happened when you spooked astray. The tiny bit of trust you hadn't realized you'd earned was yanked back so hard and so fast you had to wonder if they were going to slit your throat in your sleep out of sheer terror. He wasn't sure yet if she'd go that far. She'd been silent as the grave since they'd made the turn into the bushes from the road. Since she hadn't said much before that, he couldn't really calculate that into her threat rating, but his gut rumbled that her silence wasn't the good kind. She'd kept her head down, her eyes averted, while he put dried food packets in front of them both. He was pretty sure she'd been biting her lip on and off, which meant she had to be thinking. She sure as hell didn't eat. The unopened packets remained untouched next to her palate. He let his gaze slide over the angles of her face, trying one more time to get a measure on her, but finding nothing he could use to decide about her one way or another. She looked softer at rest, her features not tightened by suspicion. That feisty mouth of hers was actually pretty when she wasn't flattening it out. The upper lip had the slightest pout to it, and the bottom filled out a rich curve from one corner to the other, puffing slightly in the middle. He frowned at the fleeting urge to run his fingertip over it, find out if it was as soft as it looked. Her eyes, too, looked completely different. No slashing green gaze arrowed his way, waiting for him to attempt to touch her again. Lashes, surprisingly darker than her hair, spread like little fans beneath them, emphasizing the almond arc.
Nothing would soften that thin blade of a nose or that pointy chin. But with her heavy bangs falling sideways across her curved brow, she looked vulnerable.